Holy Gospel from Luke's Gospel, chapter 21. It is the basis for the sermon today. Some of Jesus' disciples were remarking about how the temple was adorned with beautiful stones and with gifts dedicated to God. But Jesus said, As for what you see here, the time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Teacher, they asked, when will these things happen, and what will be the sign that they are about to take place? He replied, watch out that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name claiming, I am he, and the time is near. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and uprisings, do not be frightened. These things must happen first, but the end will not come right away. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, famines and pestilences in various places, and fearful events and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will seize you and persecute you. They will hand you over to synagogues and put you in prison, and you will be brought before kings and governors, and all on account of my name. And so you will bear testimony to me. But make up your mind not to worry beforehand how you will defend yourselves, for I will give you words and wisdom that none of your adversaries will be able to resist or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents, brothers and sisters, relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. But not a hair of your head will perish. Stand firm, and you will win life. The Gospel of the Lord. walk into Grace Church for the very first time are struck and amazed at just how beautiful this building is. At a wedding yesterday here and lots of people coming in for the first time and they just could not stop saying what a beautiful church this is. Their eyes go upward as they travel up these beautiful columns to the, the vaulted ceilings. They're struck by the intricate details carved into all the woodwork that surrounds us they find themselves staring at these stained glass windows as the sunlight pours in, shedding the light through all the beauty of the rainbow. And we get to see this. And no matter whether this is your first time or you've been here a thousand plus times in your lifetime as a member here at Grace, I hope that you still are awed by the beauty of this church. And I think it gives us just a little bit of a glimpse of maybe what heaven is going to look like. Uh, and if nothing else, helps us remember that God is present among us in a very neat way through word and sacrament. We are very blessed to have this church. Not many churches are built like this anymore today. But I have to tell you something. There is a day coming 
where not a single brick will stand on po- upon one another. Where all of the beauty of this church is going to be thrown down and it's going to be completely destroyed. Now hold on, pastor. What are you talking about? What do you mean our beautiful church that we love and hold on to so dearly and we, we put so much effort and money into keeping it up? What do you mean it's all going to be destroyed? Well, we haven't sold our property to someone like MSOE who's going to build a big 20-story tower on top of this. Uh, we're not going to tear down the church and rebuild a new one. But what I'm talking about is the important truth that the Lord shares with us today in his word, as we have heard in the readings so far. The important truth that the last day, judgment day, is coming soon when Christ the Lord Savior will come again in all of his power and might to judge the living and the dead and everything in this world that we know and hold on to so dearly will all be taken away. Well, when's that going to happen? It's the same question that the disciples asked Jesus as they too were having a similar conversation about their church, the temple in Jerusalem. And if you think this is beautiful, the temple in Jerusalem was even more outstanding. They had stones, some as long as 60 feet long and 7 feet tall, that were used, stacked one on top of another to build the temple. Many of them were pure white in color and some overlay in gold. And this temple was adorned with beauty we can't even begin to imagine. King Herod donated to the temple this beautiful golden vine that had a cluster of grapes made in gold as tall as a man. It was beautiful beyond belief. And as the disciples were commenting on just how gorgeous their church was, Jesus interrupted their conversation with these words. As for what you see here, The time will come when not one stone will be left on another. Every one of them will be thrown down. Now hold on, Jesus. What do you mean? What do you mean this temple, this gorgeous temple is going to be destroyed? When is this going to happen? It sure must have been shocking for the disciples to hear that something that was so dear and beloved in their hearts, something that was so important to their faith, was going to be destroyed. And yet, instead of answering the question of when this was going to happen, Jesus directed the conversation to a much more important event that is coming up, and he gave them signs of the end. He said, the last day is coming, but I want to give you signs, I want to give you warnings to know that that day is coming. And not just warnings, but encouragement that you might hold on, hold on in faith. Some of the signs that Jesus said would come and show that the last day is drawing near are things like false prophets and false teachers who would come and try to deceive God's people. It's going to be those who are going to come, claiming to come in the name of God and claiming to be also Savior of this world. There are going to be wars, Rumors of wars. There will be great earthquakes, famines, plagues, fearful events that will take place. And as the disciples were listening to Jesus and they were taking these words to heart, they began to look around at the world they were living in and realized those things were happening right then. And if they sound familiar to your ears today, it's because these signs are happening all around us right now. 
It's a stark reminder that we live in the last days. That the promise of Jesus to come again could happen at any moment. But Jesus gives us these signs. He tells us that the world we live in is going to look this way. He warns us that we're not surprised. But at the same time, he offers up encouragement for me and you who live in this world where we see these wicked, evil things happening all the time. He gives us the encouragement today to hold on. Let's look at these signs in a little bit more detail. The first one that Jesus said was that there were going to be false teachers who would come and try to deceive us. That was happening already at Jesus' time. The religious leaders rejected Jesus and were trying to discredit him and his his teaching at any, any chance that they had. And even after he rose from the dead, they said, well, that didn't really happen. You disciples are crazy. And they, they tried to squash the Christian faith. But we see this still today, too. I think you would agree that we live in a society that is largely an unbelieving society that wants to discredit the Christian faith in the Bible and all of its truths and morals. But even more dangerous than just blatant unbelief are the false teachers who come underneath the umbrella of Christianity but are nothing more than wolves in sheep's clothing. It's these types of pastors and teachers and churches that will try to tell you that because we are more educated and have this modern enlightenment and understanding that we have a better understanding of what the Bible really means and so there's no such thing as real absolute truth or morals and so you can kind of pick and choose what you like out of the Bible and believe and and we can get rid of some of these challenging teachings like this thing about creation that just seems unbelievable and that Jesus was really God that came down to earth. No, that's not true or... Or that Jesus did all these miracles that he talks about in the Gospels? That didn't happen either. And this resurrection thing is just a myth to help the disciples. And uh, this place called hell, that doesn't exist either. So don't worry about it. And, And there are churches that teach this. And let's be honest, those teachings can be attractive. I mean, not having to deal with some of these challenging portions of God's word that we wrestle with? Well, yeah, we can get into that. But notice what Jesus says. He says to watch out and not to follow teachings that are contrary to Scripture. And he holds before you his word of truth. And he says, hold on. Hold on to the words that I have given you. Hold on to the very truth of God. Now the reality is is this truth that he sets before us today is not a truth that the world wants to embrace. In fact, it's not a truth that you and I always get on board on either because part of this truth is that each and every one of us here are a bunch of crooked sinners. That we are disobedient and if we're going to try to have a relationship with God, good luck because you have to be perfect and we're not. But the other important aspect of this truth is that we have a God who loves us so dearly that even in spite of our sins, he says, I love you and I am going to send a solution in Christ, my son, your savior, who gave his life to pay the price for all of your sins and failures in this life, that they can be flung far from you, that you can be forgiven, and that you may have life with God through the one and only savior, Jesus Christ. Hold on to that beautiful truth. So often, though, we 
I think, hold on to not always the truth of Jesus, but instead we want to hold on to this world. Right? We want to hold on to this beautiful world, the things of this world. We, we want to think that, that every person is inherently good, that there's a little bit of good in everyone, and that if we all just worked hard enough in this life, we could make this a beautiful, peaceful world, and we hold on to this ideal hope, right? But then we look around at the reality of our world. And we see that there's wars that are ravaging nations and peoples. And we hear about and, and even are in, affected by these natural disasters, great earthquakes, hurricanes, things that just destroy and, and take lives. We see the bickering that takes place in, in our, among our leaders and in our own relationships in our life. We, we see the wicked and the evil events that take place all around us. I mean, children are getting hit by cars in our own neighborhoods and city. And you see the ugliness of the world. You see the ugliness of sin. You see the ugliness in your own life and the, the hurtful things that you do and as you hurt and harm others in your life, as you carry around that guilt on your own heart and soul. And as you see these things, as you try to hold on to this beautiful world and you see all the evil all around us, you start to become angry and frustrated and disillusioned and you begin to wonder if God hasn't forgotten about this world. And the question comes up in the unbeliever's heart and even in your own. If there's really a loving God, why is there so much evil in our world? And as you look at this world, you're tempted to give up. To give up on God. But Jesus says to hold on. Hold on even in the midst of trials and tribulations and the wickedness of this world. Hold on to the important and faithful truths and promises that the story, the end of the story has already been written. And my friends, it is a beautiful ending. Spoiler alert. But Jesus, by his sacrifice on the cross, paid the price for all of your sins and took the punishment that you deserve and by his resurrection from the dead has conquered death forever. And he now lives and reigns as Lord and Savior over all things with all this world underneath his control. And he is coming again on the last day. The signs are all around us that he's coming again. And when he comes, he will take you, dear Christian, to be with him in heaven forever. These are the truths that he wants you to hold on to. Even in the darkness of this world, no matter how wicked it might become and no matter how challenging it is to live in this world, hold on to Jesus. If you were to go on a trip overseas, you're taking a vacation, you might go on to the United States State Department website and take a look at all of the advisories and warnings that they have for whatever country you're going to go and visit. They will tell you all the things that you need to be cautious about and to watch out for. Um, and they don't tell you these things in order to frighten you into not going wherever you're going to go. I mean, even Switzerland, this nice, peaceful, neutral country, right, has a level two warning, all right? But they tell you these things so that you can go prepared, that you can go knowing what to watch out for and to be safe and secure as you travel. Well, this morning, Jesus lays out before you and me all these signs that he is coming again. And they are signs that are hard to live with. He's telling us that this world, because of sin, is continuing and will continue to be a wicked place. 
but he reminds us to hold on, to not to be afraid, but to live in the hope and joy that Jesus gives us, that he has overcome, and he will give us life forever. Hold on. Jesus not just sets before us these signs of his coming that will last from now until that last day, but he also draws our attention to the personal things that attack our hearts and lives too in this world. He talks about the persecution that children of God will face in this life. He said to the disciples that they were going to be imprisoned because of their faith. They were going to be pulled before kings and governors in trials. They were going to be betrayed by family and friends. And some of them would even be put to death because of their faith. The Lord says those things are possible in your life too. This is an important warning because none of us want to have to suffer for our faith. But it's a reality. You may not suffer the same type of persecution that we have seen throughout history against the Christian church or the disciples in the early church or, or some of the persecution that takes place in our own world in different places as we have missionaries having to be pulled out of countries because it's not safe for them as Christians to be there. I pray that you don't suffer that, but you will suffer persecution for your faith in your life in different ways. I know that there are some of you here today who are here at church, but it's not easy for you to be at church because someone in your life is making it hard for you to be a Christian. I know that it is hard for you at times as you are put on the spot because of your Christian faith as others ridicule Christians and condemn our beliefs. It's hard to have those conversations in the classroom or in the workplace and you just want to hide and not admit that you're a Christian. And maybe even family or friends make fun of you for your Christian faith and beliefs. And it's at moments like that where your heart is hurt, where your heart is attacked, and your heart wonders, is it worth it? And Satan will try to grab into that little spot and say, yeah, it's not worth it. Give up, Jesus. You don't need him. But Jesus says, hold on. Hold on even in the persecution and even when your faith is attacked. And you might wonder, well, why should I hold on? What's the purpose in holding on through persecution because of my faith? Well, Jesus gives us some beautiful insights as to why we want to hold on even when our faith is attacked. One, and most importantly, he says to hold on because salvation is found in Christ alone. He says to us that the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Don't let go of the source and, and, and basis of foundation in Christ Jesus and give up your salvation. Two, when you do suffer persecution or attacks against your faith, God blesses you with an opportunity to be a witness of Christ to a group of people or a person who desperately needs to know Jesus. You can be a light that shines in the darkness of unbelief. The Apostle Paul in the early Christian church as a missionary was often persecuted. And he found himself on trial before kings and governors having to defend his teachings. And guess what he had the opportunity to do? To share Jesus as Lord and Savior with prestigious leaders. He baptized prison guards and their families as he shared Christ with them. When you are attacked or ridiculed for your faith, the way in which you react or speak, which God promises he will equip you with the words and works 
and wisdom. The way you react may be a bright light of Christ shining as a powerful example of God's love in the life of someone else. And finally, God promises that no matter what happens in this life, no matter what relationships may fail because of your faith in Christ, no matter what troubles might come into your life, even if it leads to death in this world, your eternal life and salvation is secure in Christ Jesus, held in the hands, the almighty, powerful hands of our Lord God. And that cannot be taken away. Hold on. The temple in Jerusalem no longer exists. Every one of those stones came crashing down when the Romans tore it down in 70 AD. One day this beautiful church will come crashing down too. But God's church will always endure. It will always endure as God's people hold on to the faithful promises of forgiveness and life in Christ Jesus. And no matter what kind of wickedness this world might see, no matter how dark it might be, no matter how, how many attacks you will face with for your faith, the end is written. Salvation is yours. The Lord Jesus will come again on the last day to help us realize the victory that is ours, to take us to be with him eternally and to do away with all the sin and evil in our world that we may enjoy life with God forever. Hold on. Hold on to Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.